All right, today we're going to take a look at a report from Brightfield Group about changes in cannabis consumer behavior post-pandemic, kind of give us an idea about what uh, people are doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, just give us a better idea of maybe the new normal. We'll have to wait and see. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney, to help us take a look at the Brightfield Group report on changes in cannabis consumer behavior post-pandemic. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. All right, so let's take a look here. An increase in cannabis use by generation. So it looks like uh, there's a percentage that are using more cannabis more frequently. I don't know, maybe because they're at home or they're bored or all of the above, but it looks like Gen Z is increasing more frequently by a tune of 52%. Millennials are consuming at 49%, while Gen X at 45 and baby boomers at 25%. So according to Brightfield Group, the younger consumers are the most likely of all age groups to increase their cannabis usage with 49% of millennials saying that they have increased compared to just 45 of Gen X and 25 of baby boomers, millennials are more likely to consider cannabis in a wider total mood modification landscape. Well, what a new term, mood modification landscape, Josh. Yeah, I guess that just replaces the words bored or, you know, at home or whatever. (laughs) But definitely, uh, you know, we're in another stage of lockdown here in Washington State. I think um, California was just uh, up in arms over being forced to to lock down. Uh, We saw Paris, basically everyone evacuated Paris before their lockdown. So, yeah, I guess that uh, new mood modification landscape is going to, you know, have some cannabis there, especially since it's uh, essential, whereas Massachusetts didn't deem it essential, certain other places and other areas and other countries deemed, um, you know, alcohol as not essential. So Pennsylvania banned alcohol for uh, Thanksgiving. So everyone was running out buying alcohol beforehand. The north of France banned alcohol during the pandemic. So it is interesting that sort of cannabis is okay, whereas alcohol is not. Kind of an interesting dichotomy there. What I like about these figures, though, Josh, is the increase by the baby boomers. You know, we're, we're always talking about the soccer moms and the grandmas uh, to bring cannabis normalcy. Uh, that, that's the pinnacle. That, that's what the cannabis industry is trying to achieve. And if you can convince the soccer moms and the grandmas that it's, it's not a gateway drug and it's not going to kill you, so I really, really like the baby boomer number. Yeah, and with a third of people planning on using more cannabis, it just kind of shows that it is normalizing. Um, with younger generations, it's been in you know music and movies and culture. So there is not that stigma as much, whereas with maybe baby boomers, um, they still kind of have that stigma and they're maybe afraid about THC. Um, and I still have friends that, that have been smoking pot for decades longer than I have and they're still worried about it so I I, it's definitely still there the stigma is definitely there even in a place like Seattle I have friends that hide the fact that they are um, cannabis consumers because their non-cannabis consuming alcohol friends uh, don't like it and this is people that are, are typically come from um 
you know, uh, in college, they were part of sororities or fraternities and, and they are heavy drinkers uh, or their friends are. And so there's sort of that, that attitude where alcohol is better than cannabis. But hopefully through this pandemic, we're kind of seeing that, you know, cannabis isn't that bad. And until we get uh, cannabis cafes and, and show that it is normal, we'll still have some of that left over. But it's, it is fading. A lot of that is going away, thankfully. I'd rather have grandma uh, have a little bit of blue dream versus cold duck any day. Yeah. It's better for us. <laughs> All right, looking at increased cannabis use by usage rate. So not surprisingly, those already using cannabis five days a week are most likely to have increased their cannabis usage with 50% doing so. So heavy users are also most likely to report using cannabis at higher dosage and or for longer sessions with 64% reporting they do so. Heavy, user, heavy users with cannabis already integrated into their lifestyles are unlikely to give up the habit and they're using more often to handle additional stress and, you know, trying to get rid of boredom, like we mentioned. So mo most of the time at home and cannabis usage are heavily skewed towards small group use. So cannabis is well situated to benefit as an in-home activity during these times. You know, definitely with uh, Black Friday, there's a lot of um, talk about uh, technology and video games and stay at home um, a lot of things that people are going to be buying for stay at home. People are definitely trying to get over being bored. My puppies are bored. They don't use cannabis, but it's hard for them to be able to get outside, walk around, do what they're going to do because it's winter time. So, you know, if they, if they could choose to do cannabis, they might, they don't have that choice though. So other people are obviously going towards that route, um, helping them deal with stress during the pandemic. 87%, as a matter of fact, from heavy users say that cannabis helps them deal with stress during the pandemic. This, these statistics don't surprise me at all. Uh, right when the, first, when the pandem pandemic lockdowns came out, we saw a, a big spike and, and it makes sense. Yeah, with one fifth of people using it a few times a month, you have a third of people using it at least once to four times a week. And then five times a week, you have 52% of people um, I'm guessing the survey, 52% are using it five days or more a week. That's, that, it's pricey. So let's look, look at the changes in the product type used. Consumers are not changing the product type preferences to a large degree. At the beginning of the pandemic, only 7% of consumers were planning to reduce their use of inhalable cannabis products like flour and vapes. One-fifth of consumers now report reducing inhalable usage, likely a response to the ongoing message that smoking and vaping put individuals at higher risk for infection. And data points that it's been consistent through the summer and into early fall. So uh, having said that, the response to the stress and boredom of the pandemic is a much larger group at 37%, increasing their usage of inhalables. And there's also been an uptick in edible use at 35% of consumers indicating using more edible products, which are appealing to, or which appears to be uh, less harmful. Um, so that kind of goes back to that whole uh, issue with combusting and smoking during you know flu season. So we're seeing 37% are using more inhalables, a 35% are using more edibles, and a fifth are using more, uh, a fewer inhalables. So maybe they're going to be stocking up and hoarding 
uh, flour and then maybe using more edibles during the winter time again? Maybe, but this could just reflect the, the situation. Um, if you're not, if you're in an apartment and you can't smoke inside, we all know that cannabis stinks, so you smoke outside. Well, now it's winter and it's cold outside. Uh, so you're going to switch to a vape pen or you're going to switch to an edible so you don't freeze your us off outside. Um, and, and so these statistics are not surprising to me at all. Yeah, I've definitely been smoking a lot less blunts. Um, after Sober October, I've made the switch to non-tobacco blunts. So I've been doing um, palm and uh, hemp wraps and stuff, but it's freezing outside. So I've been smoking a lot less uh, blunts outside and going more towards a bubbler. I finally got a new glass piece that I broke last year and waited forever to buy a new piece, but I've got one and I've been smoking that in the garage where it's warmer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, and actually last night I took some RSO, I had a really bad headache, wanted to sleep in, knocked me out, man. I was, you know, no amount of coffee is going to help me get out of that funk this morning, but uh, <laughs> a massive amount of RSO. And, and again, going towards the edibles because I didn't want to smoke a blunt and all, all the same reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's changes in cannabis purchasing locations. Today, 45% of all cannabis consumers report switching from shopping at physical dispensaries to delivering or online deliver. So Gen X, they've steadily switched to online ordering as the pandemic has continued, possibly due to increased messaging around the seriousness for people of all ages with the virus. Younger cannabis consumers were the most likely to plan a shift to delivery or online ordering, likely due to greater familiarity and confidence with online ordering. Assuming that you even have that in your state, Washington does not. I assume that to be fast-tracked in uh, 2021. Hopefully that will pass. But um, millennials and Gen X, baby boomers, everyone is increasing the amount that they're purchasing online. And it's probably a lot to do with the, the discounts. Um, not only do, are you able to get in there quicker uh, because you have your order already done, but you're getting at least 10% uh, that I've seen discounts for those online purchases. That is exactly what I was going to say. This is an opportunity for the cannabis retailer to just drive that loyalty program home. Uh, discounts, points, wh whatever you want to call it, uh, with online ordering spiking like this, uh, what an opportunity for cannabis retailers. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's going to be a lot more difficult, I think, for brands to be able to get in front of consumers, especially new brands. The bud tender was kind of that, that go-to, that, that key person to kind of educate people and tell them. But we are seeing some bud tenders um, grabbing the, the, the bags, the, the online orders, and then making sure that the person buying it knows what they're doing. So anytime you go into a pharmacy, um, that individual at the pharmacy will say, do you, have you used this product? Do you know what you're doing? Do you have any questions? So I'm seeing some bud tenders doing the same thing. And then if it's not what the uh, person wanted, they'll just switch that out and give them the same discount. So that is pretty nice. You still get that interaction with the bud tender, you know, hopefully some, some uh, satisfaction product guarantee or whatever. Um, but it is going to be a lot more difficult moving forward for new, um, new entrants, new markets, new brands to be able to get in front of the consumer in the same way that they were 
So that's going to be an uphill battle. Right. Changes in cannabis spending. So in March, 30% of cannabis consumers planned on reducing their cannabis spending. In July, 37% that they had reduced spending. But on the flip side, 56% of cannabis consumers had increased their spending. So the trend continued into the fall. 38% of consumers reported reducing spending, but 54% said that they had increased spending uh, in the October survey. So cannabis usage during occasions for relaxation, relaxing at home and just before sleep saw an uptick in July as more consumers looked for ways to de-stress and fill the time as many consumers are still spending a great deal of time at home and are not engaging in previously normal social activities. Makes sense. Yeah, nothing new there, right? I mean, we kind of figured that even though um, they maybe have increased the amount that they're spending, they might be still consuming less as they're kind of hoarding it. We did see a lot more people buying uh, large packages. So, you know, an ounce instead of a gram. Uh, in Washington, a lot of the producer processors are not um, packaging as much small quantities. Right now, it's people want larger quantities. Um, and whether or not they're consuming that, I'm assuming not. I think a lot of the times what we're seeing is, is hoarding. Uh, I wouldn't call it hoarding, Josh. I, I would say if you are an individual that is uh, possibly risking serious illness uh, by going in just to pick it up because Washington stupidly doesn't have delivery, uh, you're going to want the ounce so you don't have to go routinely. So stocking up, uh, hoarding, uh, I, I don't think that's the right word. I, I, think, I think you're looking at bulk buys to reduce number of visits. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I would definitely uh, agree with you that there's a ton of people that are going in and bulk buying, um, especially to avoid uh, the pandemic. So my, um, my in-laws took their house off the market. They were going to sell their house, but they want to find a house first because they said they don't want COVID being left all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there are people that um, they're, they're just really worried about it. And so they think that there's COVID being left all over uh, retail stores or, you know, whatever. And so they, they just want to avoid that entirely. So I, I get it. Uh, in fact, 54% of all cannabis consumers reported using a higher dosage and for longer sessions, which probably um, is, a, is a good indicator of why edibles are selling so much is because they're generally a higher dose and last a lot longer. So consumers um, using cannabis in more expensive ways, like I said, 54% are using higher dose for longer sessions. We're only 16% plan to do that back in March. So a lot more people as this kind of stay at home has been progressing and has been delayed, more people are going towards, um, you know, edibles and not so much topicals and tinctures. Right. So changes in uh, cannabis flower use. So while the pandemic has raised concerns about lung health and the use of inhalable products, cannabis flower consumers are tending to smoke more rather than less. So flower users are upping their usage to deal with both the stress and boredom of the pandemic. So of cannabis flower users, 65% are smoking more to deal with the stress of the pandemic and 60% are smoking more to deal with boredom 
or to fill the time. So in contrast, 27% said that they're smoking less due to respiratory concerns. I expect that to increase a little bit more as we get into, um, you know, deeper winter months, but all pretty much similar to, to last year's trends, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is interesting. I, I like how they say uh, to deal with stress uh, and, you know, stress is different for everybody, but uh, it is it is interesting. Yeah, we live in uncertain times right now. And so that uncertainty is driving up stress. And so people are going to be looking towards, you know, cannabis to, to relieve some of that. So this going on to this report, it says, even though this uh, group is not giving up smoking altogether, rather the consumers are doing other things to mitigate the impact of the virus. So 60% say that they're smoking less in social settings in order to maintain social distancing. And 63% are not sharing joints or accessories with other smokers due to hygiene concerns brought on by the pandemic. So we sell a lot of pre-rolls in Washington state. I would imagine that not going to work or not having those social interactions are going to really kind of devastate that pre-roll market, even though it's low cost. I think people are probably going to go more towards uh, bulk flour uh, or edibles or other products while pre-rolls kind of take a hit, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, that, that would be interesting data from Washington because uh, uh, the pre-rolls sell like three to one of everything else. And I wonder if that statistic has, has helped, John. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. All right, I guess we're just gonna have to come back and see how pre-rolls are doing. So I wanna thank my guest, Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.